Sponsored by FAR-EBAR.com. New products just came out this week. I just bought a shirt for $25, and I'm so excited to get it. Check out FAR-EBAR.com to check out these products. Please do it. They are amazing, and he puts hard work into that. On this episode, we talk about Michigan State's struggles. We discuss how Michigan's getting on a roll and preview the next big game against Wisconsin. Uh, the Lions, turns out they were just playing with us. They are not for real because they lost to the Cowboys and they barely beat a zombie team in Green Bay. Speaking of zombies, we also discussed the new episode of The Walking Dead that just came out and more. This is the latest episode of Beards for Radio. What's happening? Hey, Joe, what's happening, man? Not much. Um, got a lot of football to get to. Uh, do you want to take the lead? Or do you want me to start out with uh, Michigan State? I think you got a lot of venting to do, Joseph. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> that would be correct. That would be correct, my man. Yeah. Uh, so we've seen two games uh, since our last episode. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, 11 point win against Central Michigan. Um, under 200 passing yards for Lewerke against it's not going to cut it at all. It's not going to get it done against anybody worthy of note. You know, he rebounded, I think he had a 350 against Penn State or my bad, Northwestern last week. Um, but you can't put up 19 points against Northwestern against anybody and expect to win. It's the second time Michigan State's lost a game scoring under 20 points. Unacceptable. Um, it's not all on the worky. You know, a very fair amount of it falls on Dave Warner and Mark D'Antonio. Um, I just – I don't know if I can trust Mark D'Antonio anymore. I don't know. Like, it's – you know, it's, it takes a lot for me to say that. Even after 2016, I wasn't – I wasn't – um thinking like I am right now, but I just, I don't know if he knows what he's looking at on, on the sidelines, on the field. I don't know what he's thinking out there. And then he has a press conference today. He says, yeah, regardless of what the result is, we're going to run the ball 40 times. Like what? It's not working, dude. You <laughs> didn't run it against central Michigan who gives up almost 300 rushing yards a game. Like, and I get it. LJ Scott's out. Now you're missing like two or three offensive linemen. Cody White broke his hand. He's gone for a month, which is probably the most devastating move. But you've got Felton Davis. Felton Davis was a beast against Northwestern on Saturday. And the most important plays of the game, he wasn't on the field. This team looks mentally beaten because they don't trust each other and they don't trust their coaches. They looked like they lost the game when Brandon Sowards dropped the easiest touchdown catch in the end zone in the first quarter after they had to settle for a field goal off an interception early. And then Northwestern scores on the next play, a 77 yard touchdown and spare me the stats about the rushing defense. Like, Oh, they're the number one rushing defense in the country by 30 yards. It's not even close. They only gave up 30 yards a game. Yeah. Why would you run against the defense when you can get, anything you want against their secondary. They are the frequent flyer zone, man. They're giving up almost 300 yards a game. 
why wouldn't you pass unless you're Dave Warner and you're hell bent on just running, running the ball, even if your only two options at running back were playing quarterback in high school two years ago? <laughs> hey, Joe. I agree with you, man. I don't know where the heck Lewerke's been. I'm telling you right now, it's that damn haircut. He needs to get rid of that <laughs> stupid haircut. It's something, right? Um, like, yeah, I don't know. What's, I don't know what's what's up. What was Lewerke doing all summer? This is a different quarterback than what I saw last year. He was groom. He was grooming his, himself in his haircut. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, dude. Like, where is this kid? He seems frazzled he seems like you know it's not all there i don't i honestly we i said it's be uh uh the first loss he, i don't think he trusts his line i don't think his line's trustable enough you're right they don't have lj scott and and it doesn't help when d'antonio's going on air saying yeah we're gonna run it 40 times if i'm the next team in line i'm like oh goody i know what this guy's doing he's right? gonna run it to open up the passing game and he's not gonna abandon the run until the passing game's open so let's Let's start just pounding on the run, and dude, and his passing game will never be open, and then we'll get him good, and then mm-hmm. they'll try to throw. You know, I, I get you on that, dude. It's just it's a heartbreak seeing Cody White go down. You know, LJ Scott's, you know, nowhere. You said they're, they're, they're two starters, you know, were quarterbacks a few years ago. Felton Davis is the only weapon that this team has, dude. And Fel- dude. Felton Davis is, to me, is an NFL-type wide receiver. Good hands. He's big. He's smart. Um, he, he keeps his feet in bounds. the game. He took off right. the, the third quarter. He scored two yeah. straight touchdowns by himself. I mean, look, Lewerke didn't have a terrible game. Like, you know, he still produces well. He's, they're, not let, they're not utilizing his legs at all, but that's a different discussion. Like, he dropped in the, the touchdown pass to Felton Davis. That was a beautiful pass. All the credit in the world for that pass. But Joe Bocci, after the game, said, you know, if, you're, if you don't want to lead, then get out. Don't be a leader. And you know what? I think without saying any names, he was looking at his quarterback. Well, yeah, dude, most definitely. I think, like, and I know we're going to get to the Lions later. It's like, to me, it's like the Spartans and the Lions are so similar where they have such a good quarterback, but he's not leading how he's supposed to lead. And you can say, well, the defense did it. Yeah, well, everybody knows when it comes to a football team, that quarterback that's the ace. That's the numero uno. That's the guy everyone looks looks to. You know what I'm saying? When Aaron, when, when Mason missed five field goals, Aaron Rodgers is over there patting him on the back saying, bro, it'll be okay. It's just one of those days. When a defense is on the field, right. Aaron Rodgers is there. You know what I'm saying? Their defense respects their quarterback, even though they don't play necessarily play with him on the field. You know, They respect the hell out of him. I just don't see anybody respecting the rookie on Michigan State, dude. You know what I'm saying, and and, and it's and to me it's kind of shitty because he's a good quarterback. On the flip side, maybe Bocce's got something. Maybe he's just not a good leader. And you know what I'm saying. And you can have all the talent in the world if you cannot lead. No one's gonna give a shit, especially if if you're put in a position to lead, and you can't lead. No one's gonna care if you can do it with your feet or your arms. You're not inspiring anybody else unless you know you do it on the field. But that's not just where football stays it's, it goes off the field man it goes it reaches past the gridiron and if you can't bring, bring all those guys in past the gridiron then i think michigan state has a, a, a tough rest of the year ahead of them yeah and look joe bashi's done his job the defensive line has done their job um 
They've been pressuring the quarterback. They've stepped up their sack numbers since the last time we spoke. That's exactly what we asked of them. They've been intercepting passes. But they're just letting people throw all over them. And facing Trace McSorley in Happy Valley, that's not a good recipe. If you're letting people – if you're the frequent flyer zone. Went from being the no-fly zone to the frequent flyer zone. And I hate that. Right. Right. and Trace can do it. Trace can do it with his feet and in his arms. So, right. man, it's gonna be tough to stop him. It is really gonna be tough to stop him. And look, if you want to run the ball, that's fine. If you have Jeremy Langford and Donovan Clark and you know Jack Conklin on your line, like we've known for a month, Michigan State does not have a healthy offensive line. We saw it first drive of the season against Utah State that the line was not healthy enough to block shit. So why are we sticking – we, I'm not on the team. Why is Michigan State sticking with the run game? You're asking to lose every game 17-13. to 13. The defense is doing their job. I know they're giving up a lot of passing yards, but they're holding teams under 30 points aside from Utah State, who's averaging like 60 a game now. Right. So – it's frustrating. If you told me we were th- Michigan State would be three and two at this point in the season, um, I would th- I would think you're lying. Uh, they should not have lost to Arizona State. Should not have lost to Northwestern. But their coaching staff is so obviously holding them back. Like, unless you're unless you go deep into into like spring football, like I do, you don't know who the hell Alante Thomas is, and he got key touches late in the game when you're down three points and you need a score and they're doing a, a backwards pass to Elante Thomas on first down and losing six yards. Um, unless you watch spring football every year, like I do, you don't fucking know who Elante Thomas is, but he's getting key touches and you go to the option once it worked, but the refs decided to call it a forward pass and not a backwards pass, which was some bullshit. And so you don't decide you ne- you never go back to the option, even though it did work. Even though you got screwed on a call, it worked. Right. So why don't you go back to that? Why is Matt Sokol getting targets when he can't stay on his feet when he does happen to catch the ball? And like, first of all, that dude cannot catch for shit. When he does, he's slipping on the turf, short of the sticks. He had a catch wide open, first down. It was third and one. He catches the ball, slips, fourth down, punt. Uh, last drive of the game, catches the ball. Nobody in front of him. He should be in the end zone. Slips. Third down. They don't score. End up losing by 10. That's 10 points right there solely on Matt Sokol. Why is he still playing? He can't block. He can't catch. Like, he's proven that over a four-year career. He can do none of those things. Why, why is he getting playing time over Matt Dotson, who has proven he can catch and be a target in the red zone? why is Brandon Sowers on the team? He's not Blair White. Like, he's not doing anything. He's had all the opportunities. He's a fifth-year senior. He's never done anything with his opportunities. So why is he getting playing time over Cam Chambers or Larice Nelson? Or um, I don't know if Jalen Naylor is healthy right now, but if he is, why on earth is Brandon Sowers getting playing time over um, Jalen Naylor? It's ridiculous. Joe, I, I I think you're spot on with your assessment on Michigan State. I think that I just 
you don't know what they're doing, man. I, I didn't expect them to have a season like this. I expected them to have a pretty damn good season. I expected Michigan and Michigan State game to be like friggin' Iron Bowl. Like, you know, the, this is like it, like such two great seasons come to culmination. You know what I'm saying? And it's not. It's not going to happen. It's like Michigan's on a roll. And it feels like Michigan State's windows closing, you know, each week. And I was really dumbfounded when I listened to D'Antonio's uh, comments today at his, at his presser, was it yesterday? It, it, it was today. It just blew my mind, dude, how he's just play- – like, we're going to run it 40 times because if you pass it 60 times, yeah, you'll get 300 yards, three touchdowns, but you're going to end up losing by 10 points. Well, then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the run? Because you're not going to get 300, 300 yards and three touchdowns with the run. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like – I don't un- I don't understand where he's going with this whole thing. I don't get why he's so quick to abandon the pass and go run run to open up the passing game when you might not necessarily have to run to open up the passing game on some teams. Yes, I understand it's how you can open up the passing game 100% of the time if you have a good running game. But if you have a mediocre running game and now your 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 backup to your stud goes down, Right now, you're bringing two ex quarterbacks in to run the ball. I don't understand that style of thinking. I just, right. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm with you, Joe. Um, that's how he built his program. You know, he builds his program on running the ball with J.U. Culkrick, Javon Ringer, Edwin Baker, Le'Veon Bell, on and on and on. You know, he's had great running backs. He doesn't have that right now. Exactly. When L.J. Scott is fully healthy, it's debatable. You know, he's he's on the fringe of being a great running back. But, um, look. It's not 2007 anymore. It's not 2013. You know, you got to live in the present. You got to adapt or die. And they're dying. They're dying. You're 100% right. I'm about to tell you, D'Antonio has been there for what, about a decade? Yeah. It's been been a decade. His 12th season? Uh You're absolutely right. If that's what he built his, that's what he built this on, right? On the Le'Veons, on the backs of those. Like you said, you don't have that right now. And plus, times have changed, my man. Yeah. And the NBA, NBA 12 years ago is not the NBA today. You, you, you're pretty much looking at a positionless game where every single position can do – every single player can do every single position. And you know what I'm saying? You, 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 we've seen it this year how, how explosive quarterbacks are this year because of the quarterback rule in the NFL. I mean, that's going to trickle down to the to college. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. all that changes in the NFL is going to trickle down to college. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and now you're going to have – more leeway for your quarterbacks to do something, and you have one of one of the most mobile quarterbacks, let's say, in the country. Okay, that's fair. In a bit, in a bit, in the Big Ten, you can say he's top one, two, or three scrambling quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks. In the country, you can say he's top top ten, top twenty, probably top ten mobile quarterbacks, and you're not utilizing him. This is the way the NFL is going. The Patrick Mahomes, that's the way the NFL is going. The Jared Goffs. That's the way the NFL is going. Right. They need to let, they, like you said uh, last time, they need to let Lewerke loose. Let Lewerke work it. Let him loose, man. What do you got to? What do you? What do you got to lose? What do right. you have to lose? You know what I'm saying? P- let, let this kid play how he's gonna see how it's gonna go in the NFL because Lewerke can be that Baker Mayfield type. He can be that. Jared Goff Cup, he can be that Mahomes type. You just gotta let him do it. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't hold him back. Play to his keys. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just like it's just it, it reminds me of like Stafford. It's like Stafford's a gunslinger. We all know that dude. That dude got an arm. But when you say, "Hey, we're gonna do these little dink and duck, dink and dunk, uh, 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 precise passes," that's where you're gonna lose that man because that's not who he is. You know, play to his strengths. Then Antonio needs to play to Lewerke's strengths, man. Or long, long road, long road, rest of the season. Yeah. Just a few closing thoughts on uh, Michigan State. Not to keep rack, not to keep like piling on D'Antonio, but like uh, after the Central Michigan game, he made comparisons of uh, Ladarius Jefferson, freshman running back, to Le'Veon Bell. Like that's kind of unfair to Ladarius Jefferson, man. Like he's played three games as a running back. He's looked okay for his first snaps in the in a new position, playing a college game, which is very different from high school. He's looked okay. You know, he definitely has promise. I think he could take a next step with more experience. But what are you doing comparing him to Le'Veon Bell? Like, that's so unfair. Le'Veon Bell stepped on campus, and he was one of the best running backs in college football. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a high standard. It's a high benchmark to have that kid, you know, look up to. Now, now, now this kid's got to play in the shadow of Le'Veon. It's not, right. not a smart move. So I, I, get, I get what you're saying. You want to tell her that to him behind closed doors? That's cool. Don't make it like a general state. I don't know. It's it, it kind of it made me scratch my head. Like, really, dude? You're gonna? I don't know. I I do feel like this Michigan State team is close. You know, I know it's been all negative through 15 minutes of talk so far, but they are close. I feel, but they'll never reach their full potential as long as Dave Warner is on staff. I feel like the only offensive coach on the staff that's actually done his job 100% of the time throughout his career with D'Antonio in Michigan State is Terrence Samuel, the wide receivers coach. He's produced products like Blair White and B.J. Cunningham and Tony Lippett, Aaron Burbridge, Benny Fowler, and now Felton Davis and Cody White could go on and on and on, right? Like everybody else, offensive line hasn't been shit since 2014 and 2015 when they had Conklin and Jack Allen and, um, you know, Brian Allen, maybe the most underrated player because he was on the offensive line last year was Brian Allen. He graduated. And now just the whole line is in shambles. So I guess he was just the best offensive lineman Michigan State's ever had. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel, I feel like they're close. You know, David Beadle's going to be out for about a month. LJ Scott's close to coming back. Cody White's probably at least a month. Uh, we're not going to see Jake Hartbarger, the punter, the rest of the year. Um, Josiah Scott, I hope he comes back this season, but it looks like he might register. Yeah, they um, need they need they need a they need a big target in the middle too. They're they're really missing jo- Josiah Scott being a big target, man. That yeah. that that to me is a blow. I'm I'm, I'm a big I'm a big t- tight end type dude, dude. And Josiah Price. Um. When, uh, Scott is—he was their best cornerback as a freshman last year. And now you know he's been missing time. That's that's a huge loss. And I've—I really thought we were going to see Kalen Gervin uh, at corner, but he hasn't played yet this season. And then just like you know, why should I watch on Saturday against Penn State? Why should I watch? They're not going to score a touchdown. I'm going to watch because they own my soul. But why should I? <laughs> Can you give me a good reason why I should watch Michigan State and Penn State on Saturday? Because they might pull it off, man. They might be pissed off enough. 
You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's like that. It was like uh, two years, a uh, year or two ago was when uh, Michigan State like beat the brakes. I think it was two years ago, beat the brakes off Ohio State. And, you know, that game that they didn't give Zeke the ball and Zeke publicly said they didn't give me the ball. What the hell's wrong hey, with man, the coach you there's a reason Zeke wasn't getting the ball. They were stopping him every time. Like, why? Would right, you, right, right, right. <laughs> unless you're Mark you, D'Antonio, why would you keep going to the front if it's not working? Do you remember what happened to the pissed off Ohio State team the, the following week? Oh, yeah. They beat the brakes off of Michigan. So, State could be in this point of they're pissed off and maybe Northwestern poked that sleeping giant. But it, it, it might be something that's needed. You know what I'm saying? They need something. They need something to jumpstart them. Um, but, yeah, that could be it, man. I just – you're right. They need to carry it on. They have key players down for, you know, two, two, two three weeks, even a month. So, I I just think that their windows closed this year. Um, I don't think it could be salvageable, especially with Penn State coming up, especially with Michigan coming up. I don't think they're going to beat those two teams. And then you got Ohio State in the fray. No, I think they Still. might be one of them. <laughs> what, Penn, Penn State? <laughs> well, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> um, but one thing I saw over the weekend that I was so jealous of, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley is in his second year as head coach of the program. He's a first-time head coach. Like he was, I think he was offensive coordinator there. And Bob Stoops, uh, all-time legendary coach at Oklahoma, uh, passed the crown onto him and gave him the program. After their first loss of the season, he fired the defensive coordinator, who just so happens to be the brother of his mentor, Mark Stoops. Like, that just made me so jealous. That Oklahoma, all it took was one bad game, and that dude was done. The next guy who comes in and play, and coaches the defense, he's he knows he's going to be on thin ice from day one. So he's going to be coaching to the top of his abilities. Like he, like his job is on the line. The coaches in East Lansing, they know they can get away with whatever. They don't have to perform to the best of their abilities. They don't have to perform to a third of their abilities because they're not going anywhere. And they know that. They know they're tight with Mark D'Antonio. They're solid. They're, they got a soft, cushy gig, and they can work there till they die. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, plus two, you, 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 Riley to fire Bob Stoops' brother two years into his regimen. Regi- regime? I don't know. Two regime. years into regime. That, thank you. Two years into his regime as head coach, and he fires the defensive coordinator, who's the brother of his mentor, a legend at Oklahoma, and gave him the job. That shows that shows some gall. That shows some guts. That shows some balls. Um, yeah, good move, man. Good move on his part. I think Michigan State too. They get what they pay for. They have some of the most yes. under uh, all their other assistant coaches are among the most underpaid assistant coaches in the game. Yeah. So you're kind of like getting what you pay for, you know. Tree store and you don't buy the Oreos. You save a buck fifty and you get the uh, the Hydrox. Yeah, and you get the little off-brand. Uh, Ojo's or whatever they're called. They're called they're called Hydrox. I watched a documentary. The Hydrox were the first ones that came, and then people people were really cool with the name. So Oreo stole the same kind of idea and called it Oreos, and they're like, "Well, I like the name better." But yeah, and I'm with you I, all time. Exactly, exactly, dude. So I think Michigan State maybe needs to uh, add a little bit more to the budget 
to these assistant coaches, maybe find some more assistant coaches, maybe give them raises so they're a little happier because they're making some of the lowest wa- they're making some of the lowest wages in the country. And you turn around and you say we're we're trying to compete nationally and try to be a, a national team. Well, then pay your coaches national wages. You know what I'm saying? And maybe you'll get a little bit more out of them. Because you know what, man? At the end of it, it's all down to brass tacks. Money talks, bullshit walks, dude. So true. Hey man, enough about enough about my team. Um you got a big game this weekend, man. That's exciting. Huge, huge game. Uh, Michigan's fifteen, Wisconsin's fourteen, something like that. I know Wisconsin's they're running at each other, Wisconsin's uh one higher than them. Um, this last Maryland game I saw, I was glad it was kind of canceled because me and my son had a, a appointment to get our haircuts, uh, and I literally sat at the barbershop and watched that whole game. I sat next to a Michigan State fan who's actually watching Michigan State on his phone, so me and him were going back and forth. It was kind of cool because, because it's really rare that you meet realists. And this yeah. dude, he's, he's wearing a Le'Veon belt, uh, uh, Jersey, but he was a realist. You know what I'm saying? So you could talk to him about Michigan football. I could talk to him about Michigan State football without having any kind of bias to it, without any of us getting like pissy at each other because, oh, he just said Shea Patterson sucks. Well, I'm going to fucking agree with you. You know what I'm saying, guy? And, and like I said, look, Shea Patterson's going to throw for 200 plus yards. He's going to throw for three touchdowns. He might have an interception in there. But, but what I always see, and I've seen it since day one, is Shea Patterson is best when he's rolling out of his pocket. He can he throws really good on the run. But if he's on the run and there's somebody covered, he's going to force it 90% of the time, and he did that, which led to his sole interception. Now, he's not, he's not scrambling. He's in the pocket. He underthrew and overthrew at least four different receivers that could have took it to the house or took it for a good distance. He's not a good pass, uh, pocket passer. He's too short. He's barely six foot two. And I know people, that's pretty tall. He's six foot two, six foot one. It's pretty tall. Yeah, I get it. But he doesn't have the arm to stay in the pocket. He has to roll out. You know what I'm saying? And when he rolls out, most of the time he's going to force it because most of the time the defenses are going to adjust. The wide receivers will roll back with the the, uh, quarterback 100% of the time. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to end up either running it throwing a pretty get, damn good ball to somebody who's open or he's going to force it. And most of the time he's forcing it. I don't really like what I see out of Shea Patterson. I think he's a good college quarterback. He can roll. We got that. He can run. We got that. Can he stay in the pocket and pass? No, he can't do that. Um, I I like the way Karan Higdon's running. They have the running game going good. And that's, to me, the only reason why I think Shea Patterson's opening up in the passing game, because their running game has been pretty damn good these past few, uh, past three, four games, they've been pretty good. Cron Higdon's been killing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's given Shea Patterson the ability to hit up hit nine different wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I still think our problem is on the offensive end. Our defense still looks good. You know, we got forty plus uh forty plus uh, uh tackles around four four sacks. I mean, the two uh, we had a, a, a return. I'm not going to count that on a defense teams thing, but the two uh, the two uh, scores on uh, offense combined for like six carry, sixty three yards. So, you know, what I'm saying they're little, little to me, little 
you guys shouldn't even let that touchdown in, but it's not like, oh, my God, they let up a huge play. No, man, because Maryland grinded those two those two drives and scored those touchdowns, you know? So I, I'll right. give them that, but my defense, I love my defense. Uh, Rashawn Geary needs to start coming with a, uh, with a, uh, more uh, steam uh, out of his head. I like our defense. Uh, Devin Bush needs to watch out where he's putting his friggin' helmet because I thought for sure he was going to get a targeting penalty. It was I, like I don't know if the face man if they if they think the face mask hit his chest and it wasn't as much contact that it had. I thought for sure for sure he was going to get a targeting penalty. I'm glad he didn't because we definitely need him for this next up, upcoming game. But yeah, my biggest concern is is always and will always be our quarterback position. I have not liked our quarterbacks since Harbaugh's tenure here. And I understand he doesn't want to use up McCaffrey's red shirt. He doesn't want to uh, use up Milton's uh, uh, red shirt. But you know what? You have five games now. It's changed up a bit, man. You know what I'm saying? One thing I do like about what Harbaugh's been doing, though, is when they do go up, he has been putting in these players like Perry and Bell. And, you know, and he's, he is getting these guys, you know, more playing time, which I love, which is needed. Keep doing it. Keep doing it, Harbaugh. Keep doing it. But what I really want to see out of Harbaugh, because I'm looking at the sideline, and I and, and I see, like, uh, like uh, addicted to opiates, Harbaugh. <laughs> I want to see fucking addicted to fucking methamphetamines, Harbaugh. I want to see that guy's fucking pupils open. I want to see him jumping up and down. I want to see him bringing excitement to this, to this team because he looks so just blank face, just stoic. You know what I'm saying? It's just like. Right. Where are you, Harbaugh? You know what I'm saying? He'll get, he'll get riled up, riled up if it's a bullshit call, and then he'll calm down after that. It's like, no, dude. I, you need to be 100% each at a time. I mean, look at look at uh, Rams' uh, uh, coach. I know he's young, McVay. McVay. I know he's young, but, bro, I love watching that guy on the sidelines as much as I like watching his players. <laughs> Because he is such – he's so passionate about his play calls. He is so passionate about his team that – it's fun even watching the dude on the sidelines. When you cut to fucking the khaki crews on the sidelines, it's just like, yeah, who's snorting the Vikings? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, show some little, you know. He is a grandfather now. But, um, yeah, you know, I think Michigan has been playing very well. Like, it would be unfair to just say, oh, well, they've been playing nobodies. Like, well, Michigan State's been playing nobodies, and they have been – not doing they have not been playing well so Michigan it's credit where credit is due they're playing very well and this week I think it's a test um you got like the revenge factor because they did lose in Madison last year um it's kind of like a battle of what Michigan does well I feel like they play the run very well I think they're top 20 run defense statistically obviously Wisconsin is a plug and play in terms of running back and now it's uh what's his name Jonathan Taylor who is very he's like a different type of Wisconsin running back like he's big like normal Wisconsin running backs are but this dude like well he's he's a threat to take it to the distance at any given time kind of like Melvin Gordon four years ago um you know their quarterback Wisconsin's uh Alex Hornibrook he's been starting every year but I still don't trust him he's very turnover prone um he's not like a big play guy. Like they're, they're a very conservative team. I, I don't know much about their defense, um, but you know, they did lose at home to BYU. I feel like 
it's a very winnable game for Michigan. I feel like they should win this game. Oh, yeah, I agree. Michigan definitely is, is going to win this game. I don't think Wisconsin is good is as good as they are on the field as they are on paper. Right. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, um, anything can happen. I I, like, they're – we say that now, and then like you get into the game, and it's it's completely different. Like I, I remember like every time Michigan State's played Wisconsin, I thought like, oh, Michigan State's got these advantages here, here, and here. Like mathematically, it should be this way, but then like Wisconsin's a different animal, you know. Like I don't know, there's something about Wisconsin. I hate Wisconsin, but anyways, like no, yeah, m- most definitely, it's it, when it's when it's Big Ten, right? When it's Big Ten conference, dude. Like, even if, you know, they're not rivals, there's somewhat of a rivalry feel because it's a Big Ten team. You know what I'm saying? It's a conference team. You know say It's kind of different when you play on a conference team. I, f- I feel like if, when you play a rival and an in-conference team, it's a little more hunger to it because oh, there's yeah. a lot more meaning to it. So, I, you know, I would – you're right. I'm not, I'm not going to count Wisconsin out because, like you said, different animal. They could come out. They might be, you know, pissed off from the last uh, butt whoopings they've taken. But you know, they could come out j- just a, just the same way. So, yeah, man, um, I'm not counting them out, but I do I do think Michigan's gonna win. But they, but yeah, it's just it, it, Michigan needs to, like I said, just keep the ball rolling, keep this monster going, keep on keep don't don't take your foot off the neck. Right. When you have your foot on their neck, do not take it off. Do not take it off because you know who's not going to take it off? Ohio State's not going to take it off. Mm-hmm. Alabama's not going to take it off. Those teams who our teams try to be, inspired to be, aren't going to take their foot off the neck. They're going to they're going to push that they're going to push their foot deeper, deeper, deeper till they hear your esophagus crack, bro. Yep. And that's what football is about. And, and you know what? And I can't, as much as I can sit here and I'm going to tell you that I can't stand Saban, as much as I'm going to sit here and tell you that I can't stand Urban Myers, bro, I wish our friggin' coaches handle shit the way they do, not off the field with the whole scandals and shit, but on the field with football. You know what I'm saying? Because when, when, when Ohio State and Alabama come to town, you know what the fuck's up. You 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 know what Saban's about. You know what Myers is about. That's what I want out of our coaches, Joe. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it, it starts at the top. You know what I'm saying? And I said that, you know, D'Antonio's been building a machine up there. It's kind of slowed down. Same thing with Harbaugh. Slowed down. I don't see them going into the playoffs. I don't see them being the uh the four te- one of the four teams no I could be wrong you know what I'm saying could be wrong but I just see Ohio State Alabama Clemson you know SEC teams at the top for for quite a long time because they are those monsters they are those machines dude and they spit out product and and they don't say sorry not sorry yeah move on who 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 here who here remembers what happened to the uh, the mes- domestic violence now, they're five games deep, dude. Urban's back, right? It's like nothing ever happened. It's like nothing ever happened, bro. Nothing ever happened. That's the way he wants it. And you know what? And you know what? As shitty as it sounds, because I wouldn't want 
Harbaugh or I wouldn't want Dan Tony. I wouldn't want any coach in the state of Michigan to be that much of a sleazeball scumbag. I'm gonna say it because he is. Mm-hmm. But damn, goddamn, I want those fucking wins. I want those wins. I want that kind of pedigree. I want that kind of you know looks and feeling towards my coaches when we come into their town. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think we're going to see that soon. And, you know, part of me is like, you know, good, because I don't want scumbags like that. Part of me is like, damn, I want those wins. So it's it's that fine line we walk. It's a fine line we walk, man. But I don't see our teams uh, competing to get into the playoffs. I just see them continually need to get better. They need to get better continually and keep the machine going, keep the ball rolling. They need to just keep on doing it, keep on doing it. And it's a process, man. And I'm not saying it's going to be a 10-year process, but it's going to – it needs to be a process and it needs to keep on going and you need to keep it rolling or you're never going to get past the Alabamas, Alabamas, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Clemsons, and the Ohio States. You're not going to get past them. Get past so, them. We may never get to them. Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think both Michigan and Michigan State have at least two, maybe three losses uh, left in the tank. Like, Michigan's been playing well, but I just – I don't see them beating Penn State or – I don't see them hanging with Ohio State, dude. Like, that's a different monster. JT, I don't see anybody anybody hanging with Ohio State in the Big Ten. No, JT Barrett was nice, right? Like, he, he broke – he broke the career record for touchdowns in the Big Ten, you know. But, dude, Dwayne Haskins, he's got an arm like J.T. Barrett had yeah. before he got injured a couple times, only better. Dwayne Haskins is a different kind of animal. He's a beast. And he stepped up. Like, he, he looked a little shaken in the whiteout against Penn State, but he stepped up when it mattered. In his first year as a starter, he stepped up big time. Like, oh yeah, most definitely. And then you had J.K. Dobbins and uh, Mike Weber. You had that defense with dude. Nick Bosa is not going to be hurt forever. He's coming back. Like, it's not going to be pretty for us, Michigan State of Michigan. I just got to say, um, you know, all aboard the seven and five express. Woo woo! Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's I think we covered college football in this in the state. Mediocre Michigan uh, in terms of every football team in the state. Um, you know, we talked last episode uh, post-Lions uh, victory over the Patriots, and I think they proved that they were just toying with our hearts. I think they're pretenders because good teams don't go out and lose to the Dallas Cowboys. Not these Dallas Cowboys, man. No, it's almost like they didn't lose to the Dallas Cowboys. They lost to Ezekiel Elliott. That yeah. dude ran on us. He received on us. He caught a reception that was just put a dagger in that game. And Zeke's a beast, dude. And, yeah, dude, they toyed with us. They were the same old Lions again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, e- even with this Green Bay win, man, I, I don't really see too much out of them because they yeah. lost by 12, right? They lost by 12. Do you know Mason, the kicker, yeah. missed 13 total points? Yeah. No, they, they only Mason's, won by eight. The Lions. They, they, they only won by eight? Okay, so 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 Mason makes his field goals, makes his extra point. Lions lose. Yeah. If Lions Crosby, lose, dude. Mason Crosby uh, has a bad day and misses one field goal, Green Bay still wins. 
exactly my point. This is this is this is nothing to write home to mom about. Nothing. You played you played against a uh, a Packers team with a fifty percent Aaron Rodgers who yeah. threw who threw fucking phenomenally. He had over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, right? Something like that. I'm I'm pretty sure. And 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 their running back ran all over us. You know what I'm saying? Put up Jimmy yards. There was no Randall Cobb, no Geronimo Allison. Had like like you said, half an Aaron Rodgers, half a Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham is a the ghost of Jimmy Graham now. He's the ghost of Jimmy Graham's past. And they're killing me. Yards. Killing me, dude. Killing me. There's no way. It was like, oh yeah, Lions. Oh, Lions. There, they beat Green Bay, dude. They beat a broken down fucking Green Bay, right? With the linebacker in Clay Matthews, who's scared to hit the quarterback because he has the first four damn fucking games in a row. He had roughing the passer on some bullshit call because this stupid ass fucking rule now in the NFL. Excuse my language, but you have a defense who's scared to hit Stafford. You got a broken down offense who ran and threw up and down the field on our defense, and we freaking barely won that game. Stafford had a great game. Golden Tate had a great game. Kerryon Johnson's looking like he can be a good, speedy three down, three down back. You know what I'm saying? But it's just the same old lines. I didn't see nothing that was like, ooh, they're going to beat a good team. You know what I'm saying? Will they beat Green Bay? No, they Beat a fucking shadow of Green Bay. They keep, they beat Green Bay at sixty percent. When Green Bay's at one hundred percent, let's see them beat them now. Take take Patriots now, two weeks ago, and play against the Lions. No fucking way they're winning. This Green Bay, no way. The playoffs, like <laughs> it made me laugh so much on a Sunday night when I see this post going around. Like, oh, the Lions have won two games this year. And they, the quarterbacks they beat were Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, like Hall of Famers. Yeah, okay. That win on Sunday was the most shameful win of all time. First of all, not only did the Packers gift you 13 points on Mason Crosby's leg alone, they turned the ball over three times, and the Lions got 17 points off of that. Do the math. You got gifted 30 points, and you won by eight. At home against Aaron Rodgers and a pack of nobodies. Shameful, man. Shameful. <laughs> no, Joe, I, I, I agree with you on 10%. It's the same old lines. I'm seeing nothing different. Um, and, 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 you know, everybody – and people that have been walking, watching lines for a decade plus longer – they you, you they starting to see where all of us who've been watching Lions for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years have a problem with the Detroit Lions. I still have a problem with them. They still have a mediocre running game. They have a quarterback that can sling it. They have a good wide receiver core. They have a mediocre offensive line. Their defensive line is eh. Their 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 linebackers are okay. Everyone's so big on uh, Darius Slay when fucking Devonte Adams routed him out of his damn jock strap. Yeah, and, and caught a touchdown, dude. That's Devonte Adams play with <laughs> zero practice all week. Thank you. Juked him out of a route. I mean, 
he didn't even like have the ball to juke you. He juked you out of a fucking route. He threw you off of a route. He he cut his route so well that you went right. He went left. Touchdown. It's oh. not gonna. You know what I'm saying? When you when we get to when, when people say oh big big big, but when you get to, let's say they do get to the playoffs, dude. <laughs> right. There's no there's no way you're gonna be able to play that fucking kind of defense and get juked out of your fucking route and go and go do something. This guy's supposed to be our best corner, dude, and he's getting eaten up by a guy who's been hurt all week, who'd even dress up in pads all week. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, people can take away that, oh, well, Stafford threw good. Yo, Tate had a good game. Our, our, our running game was okay. We won. So fucking what, dude? So what? You win when there's no personnel there. But when the personnel's there, dude, you guys can't even – you guys can't even buy a first down at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know who the Lions even play next. I'm not sure. Uh, the struggling fins. Uh-oh, that might be a, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to the Dolphins, to be honest with uh, you, man. They got a bye week. They're going to fuck around and beat the Dolphins and then lose every other game. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> I already know it. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, that's the lines, man. That's, that's a SOL. You know, people can say what they want until I see any, I don't see anything different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always I always wait for that first game to see if I see anything different. The second or third, I don't see anything different. I see the same shit. And you know what I think it is, dude? I honestly think that if if this year is a non playoff and we and we're out and we have a shitty season again, I think it's time for Patricia to go to uh to, to Miss Martha Ford and say, I don't want fucking Jimmy Bob Coutier here. Okay, you can you can take James Robert Coutier and church up his name. He's still Jim Jim Bob Cooter. You understand me? He's still that guy. I cannot disagree with any of that. So he needs he needs to go and say, you brought me here to do me. All right. I'm bringing in my offensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? You can't sit there and hire a guy. Yeah, pick any pick all your personnel. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Just not your offensive coordinator because our quarterback really likes him. Like really, you're not you're not you're not giving you're not giving full creative control to the man that you need to be giving creative control to. Right. You get what I'm saying? It's the same thing when Robert Quinn came in as the GM and then got stuck with two years of Jim Caldwell. That's not his guy. You'll never see a GM come in to a struggling team and then have to stick with the coach they didn't hire. You know? (laughs) Right. Like. So it's kind of the same thing now where they're just they're so resistant to let go of the past, even though what has the past ever been for the Lions? It's been nothing. And I'm so sick of also the mentality of Detroit versus everybody. Oh, we got screwed here. We got screwed back then. We're getting screwed now. You don't get to say that. You don't get to point at, you know, a flag being picked up in Dallas and say, we got screwed. Yeah, you didn't prove to me you could get in the end zone. So you don't get to say you got screwed. So what? Maybe you get the flag. What are you going to do? Punt three plays later? Big whoop. Right. We, we got screwed in Seattle when the when he knocked the ball out of bounds, out of the end zone, which is illegal, and nobody caught it. Yeah, you don't get to say that when you haven't scored a touchdown the entire game, and then you finally get into the red zone with zero time left, and your best player fumbles it out of the end zone. You don't get to say that. 
You don't get to uh, say, oh, there was a controversial call in Dallas two weeks ago, and that's why we lost. No, that's not. You lost because you're the Lions. Teams that are proven winners that legitimately get screwed can say that. The Lions cannot, and I'm sick of hearing it. Right, and you know what, Joe? Good point. And you know what else I'm sick of when people say, "Well, the, the rescuers." If it gets if it gets down to the point where the game gets called by the refs or a call, then we didn't fucking deserve it anyway. Because you're not even in that point to win. You know what I'm saying? If you're up thirty and they call a bullshit call, were you bad an eye? No, because you're up thirty. So do not leave it. Do not leave it up to the refs. We leave it up. If you leave it up to the refs, you're gonna fucking lose. Probably 100% of the time. 10 times out of 10. You know what I'm saying? You're going to probably lose. You know what I'm saying? Don't put it on the backs of his refs, man, because the refs don't give a shit. They're going to go home and sleep fine. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So they have no stake in the Lions, bro. And don't don't think that they do. If you ever catch me blaming a loss on a controversial spot or a controversial flag or picked up flag, lack of flag, or anything that has to do with refing, I want you to slap me, dude. I don't I don't stand with that shit, okay? Right, I'm with you, Joe. If if you if you came down to blaming on the refs, bro, you are you are you are grasping at branches while falling down the tree, bro, and you you're not you're not grabbing any branches, man. You're falling. You are fucking falling. <laughs> It's lazy. It's so lazy. It is. It is. It's just, just it's just a fucking such a cop out, such a scapegoat. Say, oh, we got screwed by the refs. Yeah, and what? We refs screw everybody. They're humans. They're gonna make fucking human errors. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. We're not 100 percent perfect. So that's why you should not re- rely on these refs who do not have your best interest at in mind. They have the league's best interest, the game's best interest at in mind. So they need to remain neutral and unbiased. You know what I'm saying? If you're leaving it up to them, then fucking chalk it up as a loss, dude, and eat it and don't complain about it. Yep. Yeah, that's like blaming a loss on the weather. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, was only one team playing in the bad weather? <laughs> it's like when I hear, like, oh, this team won because uh, the weather was terrible. Oh, so the, the ball was – or the it was sunny when they had the ball, but when they didn't, all of a sudden a monsoon came and it was just in and out. Like right. the game. Ridiculous. Like, do not both teams have to play with the refs? <laughs> do both teams not have to play with the weather? Like, spare me, dude. Spare me. I'm with you, Joe. 100%, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the team that the Lions did beat on Sunday, that wasn't the Green Bay Packers, man. That was the Walking Dead. They beat it the was. Walking Dead. They beat the Walking Dead, bro. <laughs> Felt like I watched The Walking Dead twice on Sunday. Yeah, I mean it, it, it was it was a good build up to the uh, to uh, the opening of the season. <laughs> it was like a nice appetizer to uh, the season premiere of season nine of The Walking Dead. Yes, definitely, uh, man. Transition into um, what did you think of the newest edition of The Walking Dead? You want me? You want me, me? Be dead honest with you. Okay. First off, spoiler alert: in case anybody is still keeping up with The Walking Dead, hasn't seen the latest episode. But yes, be brutally honest with me. Hurt my feelings. I fell. As- I fell asleep halfway through it. I got up and had to rewind it. That's how fucking boring this one was. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, 
I get the first episode's gonna like set everything up and like you know like like to me it's like Rick's right okay we're not okay we're done fighting each other um you know there's fewer and fewer walkers you know so we gotta survive we gotta like you know start being civilized and creating the civilization well with civilization it's gonna come rules and politics and you know laws and all this stuff and you know oh well they have this view that have that, that view so we're starting to see to me like the the political scuffles between hilltop and the sanctuary and uh and the kingdom where you know he what's his face rick comes to her and she's like well we need this this that and you guys need to give us a fuel for corn he's like well we're barely surviving the sanctuary i don't give a fuck pretty much like you know i gotta do i gotta do what i gotta do for hilltop now so now it's starting to become like whoa 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 are you know are you guys together as one or are or is this where you're drawing the line? This is how we do it in the hilltop. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, spoiler alert, Hank Gregory. You know, is, <laughs> is, is, is that how you... And to me, to me, it was warranted. You know, he tried to kill her. He tried to kill her. And it, it, and it's not like the first... This is the first time he's been deceitful and tried to harm people. I just... I, I feel like Gregory... Last year. Look what he did right. to Father Gabriel. Just like, you know, Gabriel gets out of the car, tries to rescue him. And then he's like... Slowly sneaks off while he's getting shot at, and Gabriel's like, "Hey, wait! What are you stupid?" And he gets in his car, drives away, and now Gabriel has one eye. Right. So, like, oh. I, I get, I get that he needed to die. I get it. So but like, dead. Yeah, but when it comes to that now, and like, I understand you're you're the leader of the hilltop, but now you are as our link community with sanctuary and kingdom and you know and like what's that like the beat with all the chick the beachfront with all the chicks they're, they're yeah. like the no, no man land like you guys have to still work together you know what i'm saying i feel like they're separating themselves and it's gonna go back to oh we're gonna war against each other it's like okay when's this gonna fucking end when are you guys are gonna, just gonna build a big utopia and like be happy that you guys are still fucking alive you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just right. like it's 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 like never ending struggle. It's like never ending killing. It's like you guys can band together and start a community. Why does everything have to be my way or the highway? Or I'm killing or yeah, I get you. you so there's still walkers out there, but man, it just seems like everything is so fucking. Everything is hostile. Even even talks. Even when they talk, it gets hostile. It's just like, geez, when's this fucking show gonna end? Because I'm really. As much as I love Walking Dead, I just want it to fucking end already. I'm, I, I, it's just getting old to me. Let's wrap it up, dude. Right? Like, right. Um, you know what it's gonna turn into? It's gonna turn into the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, where instead of seeing these epic Jedi fights, we're stuck with uh, intergalactic uh, space debates. You know, that's what it's gonna turn into. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want that to happen because I like, I like, I, I don't like, like I'm saying, this is the first episode, so I don't know what's gonna happen. I, the scenes show that the next episode that Negan's, you know, gonna come back into the fray. He's in jail, so I don't know how that's gonna play out. I don't know how his his people are gonna stay in line, but it seems that Rick's doing good. Rick's doing good for the people in the sanctuary, and I think, and, and as much as you know me, dude, I didn't like. 
two or three episodes ago, I, seasons ago, I can't stand fucking. I couldn't stand Rick. I think Rick was the cancer of all. Now I feel like Rick's on a different path. He's lost everything. He's lost his wife. He's lost his oldest son. I think he's at a point where he just wants this world that Carl speaks of. And you know what I'm saying? Right. You can't you can't blame that man. He has a little girl he has to look at uh, look out for now. Mushon's the same way. You know those two little kids ran out and watched Gregory get uh, get uh, uh, get hung, and she's yelling at Maggie. You got kids here? Stop it, really quick! Stop it! Stop it! You know, and, and Maggie's like, "Just get the kids back in the house." It's like you don't want to think two two kids see that they're not going to be affected. Right? How how'd you like it if little Glenn saw that? I think Maggie is going off of emotions, and one and one week out of the month, she's gonna be fucking hanging Gregory's like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I Maggie <laughs> starting to lose me. I'm not. I understand she's pissed off that Negan's still alive. Glenn's the not the Glenn's not the only victim from Negan and, and, and the people from the sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? He's not the only, they're not the only one. I get that you're pissed, but you know what, man? Keep that motherfucker close because that's a card in your back pocket that you can play. And I think that's what Rick's doing because it has to carry on because Carl was the one playing that card. So now Rick has to play that card. How is it going to end being this is Rick's last season? I don't know if they're both going to go out, how it's going to end, but they've strayed so far from the comic books, man, that they can do anything at this point. But they just need it to end. I am I, I'm sick of the fucking political debates. I'm sick of all this shit. Just, do you guys want a happy utopia or not? If you don't, kill off the people who don't want it and or, or go your separate ways because it's getting too much. It's like too much drama. Every fucking week is just drama that's not needed. Just not needed, not needed, not needed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm also just really sick of the Talking Dead, dude. Like, I can't stand Chris Hardwick anymore. Like, is that unwarranted? You know, like, no, 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 it is because he has the Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead. Then they have Fear of, uh, Fear of the Walking, Fear of the Talking Dead. And then they have like, like every everything that comes out. They have oh, it's uh, like like what other uh, sh- uh shows are on uh, uh, AMC besides uh, uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, they had they had talking Saul. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Well, when the Saul came out, talking Saul. You know, it's just like every show that comes out, they have to have an hour show after it to talk about it. It's like, yeah, I get it, I get it. You don't have to do it every fucking time. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we got Greg Nicotero here, and we got you know. It's like, and they're not talking about it, right? And they're not right. They're, like that's all it is. It's an hour of stroking off. Uh, the episode they just watched, like, oh, that was such a good episode, and it was so creative how you did this, and yeah, it was a little bit slower, but you need that. No, like, not all episodes are good. You're not going to get a show where every episode is there. The Walking Dead, especially, there are a lot of filler episodes. Like, but every time, you, like, I'll always watch the first couple of minutes, like, depending on who's on the couch, uh, you know, um. But then it just loses me like really quick because it's just like, oh, this was such a great, such a great episode. Just every time, and it's just it loses me. Like, I get it's on AMC, so you want you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to piss off, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Right. <laughs> what? Why even have the show if you're just gonna use it 
to basically promote the show you just watched. You don't need to. You don't need to ring in a, the audience to see the show. They just watched it. That's why they're watching your show. Yeah, Joe. I'm just. Um, I'm just ready for it to be done. I'm ready for it to be conclusion already. Um, another thing. Another thing is that can can the groups keep the separate groups from fighting each other? You know, they're. Oh, after a collapse and we saw into you know next week's episode that there's going to be fights there's going to be misunderstandings there's going to be quarrels you know not people seeing eye to eye because you know they're the sanctuary oh we're the hilltop oh we're you know still the alexandria people you know this that and the third so i you know it's i'm curious to see where it's going to go because now there's going to be like inner turmoil and now it's gonna just gonna get really political i have a feeling and it's just like i'm already sick of the political shit in this country already it's like i can't go on facebook or any kind of social media without without some kind of you know fuck the left fuck the right fuck trump fuck hillary you know kavanaugh sucks you know dr ford's i'm, I'm sick of it dude this is like there's no like middle line and i feel like the walking dead's headed that way too it's just like it's just like i almost just i almost just want to Fast forward to the parts I actually want to see and skip all the bullshit in between. You know what I'm saying? Oh, get to the zombie parts. That's why I started watching this movie. That's why I started watching the show in the first place, you know? 100%. 100%. Yeah, you got nine seasons out of a zombie show. Like, very few great shows even get nine seasons. Like, you done good. You know, you gave us a lot of good seasons. A few seasons that weren't so good, but, you know, we can forget about those. It's okay. Um, but, you know, wrap it up, dude. We're good. Like, we're good. Right. Yeah, um, I think that covers a lot of what we wanted to get to. Um, real quick before we leave, um, this past week I saw a Chris Evans tweet—not uh, the running back, but the actor—you um, know, saying they wrapped up Avengers four, and he was like thanking everybody who worked with him on all the Captain America movies and how he got the the role as Captain America. Um, and we know his contract is up, Sasha. Um, does Captain America die in Avengers 4? Whether he dies or not is irrelevant. You're done with the character. Marvel, move on. Don't come back to Captain America. Do not do, all right, do not do what DC does. Do not hang your hat on Batman and Superman. Do not hang your hat just on Thor and and, and uh, Captain America. There's so many other great characters in the comic world, both DC and Marvel, where you can step away from Captain America. You can do it. It can be done. It's not the end of the world. It's sad to see Chris Evans go because I think Chris Evans was a fantastic Captain America, but it's been mm-hmm. 10 years. It's been 10 years. Move on. You know what I'm saying? Go on to the next superhero, bro. Expand expand the MCU to the kind of to the expansion of the comic book universe because there's other great characters out there, dude, and that's what's needed. That's to me. That's what's needed. Like I read an article. Like, oh, who's gonna? Henry Cavill stepped out from being Superman. Who's gonna be the next guy? Nobody. Don't even think about another Superman movie. Don't even think about another Batman movie. Do more movies like, guess what? Joker, Joker origin movie. Do more movies like that. Flashpoint movies. There's so many good characters out there that when it comes to Cap now, Marvel wise. There's so many good characters, man. Step away from that, dude. 
I, I, I just watched, I just uh, posted something on our Facebook. If you guys want to go check it out, it's a, it's a Venom. It might be a spoiler. It tells you about uh, a, a potential uh, villain coming uh, at the end of the uh, Venom movie that could could possibly tie it into Spider-Man with uh, with rumors that Jared Leto might come into the Marvel world to play Morbius the Vampire freaking Hunter, which he looks like he could play them perfectly. You know what I'm saying? There's so, 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 so many other characters in the comic book world that as much as I, I'm going to miss seeing Cap, as much as Chris Evans was great playing Cap, his run is over. Move on. Yeah. No. So, so you did see Venom? No, I did not see Venom. I watched. I watched the. I watched the, I watched the uh, end of the trailer. I watched the uh, the uh, the oh, after trailer. Thing. Yeah, I watched the after trailer thing. I didn't want to spoil it for you. If you, I don't know if you wanted to get it spoiled or not, but uh, oh, me, it. I just. Oh, you saw it, so you know who comes at the very end. Woody Harrelson, so they probably bring in Carnage too. So it's gonna be Venom Carnage. How can you not have Venom Carnage and not throw Superman, uh, Superman, Spider Man into the mix? You, it, it, you know what I'm saying? And you could have a Venom movie, you could have a, a Carnage movie, and you could have a Venom Carnage Spider Man movie, and maybe being in Morbius, played by Jared Leto. People are gonna forget about Captain America if that happens. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, other than that, I'm not I'm not giving up on football season just yet, but I want to say we are under a month now until college hoops. And you know I'm excited about that. I think both Michigan and Michigan State have uh, very good rosters, very similar rosters, and I'm just super excited about that. Like, honestly, I've been thinking about college hoops all day today. <laughs> I just wanted to say <laughs> something about it. Well, absolutely, man. You know, basketball, bro. Basketball, football, that's how far alley is, uh, Joe. So we'll be waiting for them. We'll be watching them. And, yeah, we'll definitely get on that. It's about, what you say, about a month away? Mm-hmm. Hip-hop, baby. It's that. It's great time of the year. And then, you know, I, 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 hope it, I hope it just keeps going strong with college basketball till we get to March because, to me, that's my favorite month, baby. Oh, yeah. And then next week is uh, the week of the Michigan-Michigan State game. We'll probably do something special. Uh, <laughs> I know last week we had a, a guest on, but, you know, it's probably not going to happen this year, uh, being with some recent events. Yeah, it happens. Um, but, well, hey, like – We'll, we'll hey, think I'm, of something. Hey, hopefully I can find somebody that's not really, really one-sided bias and we can just talk shop, you know what I'm saying, without being, you know, a, a one-trick pony. For real, for real. For real, for real. Well, Joe, I think we covered everything. I think we did. That is our show. I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. This is Beards for Radio, baby.